0: Aloha, everybody, and welcome back to the Metro Hot A-hole podcast. We've got hey, hey, with hey. us again Pastor Brandon. Pastor Brandon, how's everything going?
1: Just making spiritual shakas. Hey, you know how to do that? Ooh, spiritual shaka. make shakas. a shaka like this. Yeah, you tilt it sideways like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. You bring up your other shaka and you make a cross.
0: Is it pinky to pinky or <laughs> pinky to thumb? There you go. <laughs> All right. We're getting off to a good start. Uh, oh, yeah. Exciting. We're having fun. Uh, we're well, going to...
1: Life services on Sunday at 9 o'clock at Metro. We tell everybody, because you want to hug somebody, but we're not supposed to do that. So instead, just throw everybody's spiritual shakas. Hey, how's it? Hey, how's it?
0: Is that going to become like a thing? Like I don't spiritual... know. I made it up
1: on Sunday. I just... I, yeah.
0: It's honestly pretty good.
1: Well, honestly, you know, the love of Christ. Love of Christ. You.
0: Thrown, shown through... A double shaka.
1: Shown and thrown. A double shaka. What does it mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the way across the sky.
1: I love this podcast. So, anyway, Sunday mornings, <laughs> nine o'clock live service is going super good. Uh, people are loving uh, it. I love that everybody is uh, masked up, sanitizer, distance. So, we're taking all the precautions. Doors are open, ACs are blowing uh, all the air out of the sanctuary. So, it's good airflow. But if our listeners haven't joined us yet, uh, come on down because you can throw a spiritual shaka in person.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of in-person services, this past weekend, we talked about unity and why it's important for uh, Christians to fight division and fight for unity. Uh, we talked about a bunch of things and we're going to get into some of the questions uh, based off of Cameron, who does a great job with our Metro Minute questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, those go out every Monday. If you're not uh, signed up for the Metro Minute, it's, it's a recap of the message, it's announcements, it's... Uh, connect group questions, uh, like this. And that's actually what we use. Uh, Cameron sends me the questions and we kind of tweak it for more of an interview style, but he does a great job with these questions. They, they spark up some great dialogue and some great, uh, conversations in connect groups. And so if you're not, uh, signed up for the Metro minute, go ahead and send an email over to cam at Metro Christian church.com. email or to Cameron, 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 at metrochristianchurch.com excuse you're me.
1: the only one with a nickname for an email william yeah i guess that's right
0: but anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're talking about christian unity and why it's it's more important uh to love one another than it is for your guy to win in politics or for you to be right or this person to be wrong and why uh Love and unity is the most important thing. So, Pastor Brandon, just getting right into it, I wanted to ask you: uh, What are the best examples of Christian unity that you've seen or heard, uh, either on like a personal scale, like a small scale, or even like a, a global, big scale?
1: You know, Willie, what's interesting about Christian unity is, um, as we talked about in the message in John 17, Jesus talks about uh, people will know when we are unified. Uh, that God is legitimate, that Jesus was really sent from the Father. I I love the simple fact that um, when we choose to be united instead of focusing on being divided by things that we could easily be divided on, um, that the world sees that there's something to this Christianity thing. Mm. Maybe it's because unity is not as common as we think. In our society, outside of the church, we see unity around, obviously, politics, when people are unified around a candidate or an ideal. We see unity in sports, people from different walks of life coming around a sports team. Uh, We see unity in music. So people at a concert love the music and the artists and the band. Um, They may have different things going on, but they all agree that we like this band, right? Mm -hmm. How much more so uh, when the people of God come together and say, hey, we come from different backgrounds. We have different musical tastes, uh, sports teams, political inclinations, but we can agree that Jesus is the hope of the world. He's the the son of God, the savior, the redeemer. So I think when we see that happening, um, there's some power behind that. So it's not just with one church or just with one small group or one mm. denomination even. I think we see Christian unity in things kind of like the Hawaiian Islands Ministries Conference, the hymn conference. Um, hymn conference happens every year, except for this pandemic year, uh, where in person you have thousands of people from different churches, hundreds of churches, different denominations, everything from churches that swing way left to churches that swing way right. And people that say, hey, we're going we're gonna to put Jesus in the middle of all of it. Now, obviously, there's some theological hoops that people have to jump through to agree on certain things. That's why we have denominations in the first place, if you will, outside Mm -hmm. of church history. But I think when you see things like the Hymn Conference, um, a lot of parachurch organizations do that well because they're outside of the church. Mm -hmm. But I think in the church, you see Christian unity done well uh, when different believers. Let's just take Metro, for example, uh, who come from different backgrounds and uh, classes and Um, whether it's pay grade or where you live or whether it's what you believe and who you vote for, when we come together and say, we're going to make Jesus the most important thing. I think that's Mm. when we see it. Mm. So times like um, when we celebrate things at Metro and, you know, our church is known for celebrating, like we celebrate our anniversary. Uh, We celebrate different things in Kalihi, in the um, neighborhood. Uh, We celebrate. One of the things I missed this year was our trick-or-treat annual event. We celebrate stuff like that. We just come together and we say, hey, we're going to make sure that as one, with one voice, we're going to tell everyone outside of this church, Jesus is the best thing in the world. Mm. I think that's when you see Christianity at work. Another thing is uh, Celebrate Kalihi, that um, uh, event that we're doing, or Love Kalihi, that outreach we're doing, uh, partnering with other churches just to show people outside of the church that, hey, because Jesus loves us, we're going to love the world, the people, the society, you. So this isn't from one church. It's from people who follow Jesus together. That's an example of Christian unity. And then as Jesus says in John 17, then the world will know that you, God, have sent him. So I think it's mm. kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there have been events that we've done and uh, events that Alive has done with other youth groups, uh, a different down denominations, different churches. And it's just like, you know what? Uh, you guys are a little bit different than us, uh, whether it's uh, theologically or like uh, what you do in youth groups but we all love Jesus and we all love having fun. So let's just get together and do that together. And it's those moments where it's like, okay, we're not going to major in the minors and we're not going to like nitpick. And it's, it's not ego. It's not like, okay, who's, who's got the most students or who's got the coolest gear, you know, it's just like, Hey, we're just going to get together and just worship Jesus through having fun together. And it's it's those moments where you really feel like in John 17 where we're When you're really loving one another, uh, you really feel God's love through that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny though, Willie, is while those things are all true, unfortunately, the sad reality is more often we see division in different places. Um, I think the fact that this election just came through and that um, on Saturday, the media and the press declared Biden the winner of the presidency. You know, uh, for people that don't know, we pre-record our weekend services on Thursday. The advantage to that is that we're not live streaming, which has had a lot of hiccups in the whole way that we've done it technologically. So instead, we pre-record on Thursday. Uh, The disadvantage is that sometimes uh, the news changes from Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. So on Thursday, we're still twiddling our thumbs, wondering what's going on in Nevada and Pennsylvania and Georgia. Um, So we record the the message. And then on Saturday, uh, Biden has declared the winner. So on Sunday, if you were at the live service, you heard me talk about this idea like, Wow, that um, even in light of that, what we're talking about today about unity is so much more important. Mm-hmm. Rather than focusing on my guy didn't win or you know my guy did win or either way on that, there's so many things that we can easily be divided on. Um, but this whole message of unity, showing the world um, that Jesus is real, uh, is so much more important. So that that major point that I'd mentioned on Thursday and Sunday, if you would just take just call it Sunday. Um, that when we are one, we really do reflect the Son of God. When we're one, we reflect the Son. I think it matters even more now because we're not one under Biden or one under Trump or even one under um, our nation, although the, the series is called One Nation Indivisible. Mm-hmm. That biblically speaking, we are one under Christ, as Ephesians 4 talks about, right? There's one, uh, one baptism, one faith, one hope, one God. And that's the idea that we're really trying to emphasize here because leaders come and go, right? Mm-hmm. politicians, presidents, uh, they cycle out. Um, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. And that's the most important part of all this.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's so easy to, um, get caught up in just the, the narrative of what's going on around us. And like, Oh, if, yeah. if you're Christian, you have to believe this, or if you're Christian, you have to vote this way. Um, and it's so easy to like, Oh, which, which way am I po- being pulled? But like to be able to step back and say, okay, you know what? all of that is, is sub me being an image of God in this world. Yeah,
1: It's yeah. like,
0: it's like that point that you had mentioned, which I thought was a super good point. You were talking about how uh, the Christianese term of like calling. It's like, Oh, what's my calling? What is, what does God call me to do for a job? Or who is God calling me to, to marry? That all of that is secondary to who God is calling you to be. Yeah, and Who God is calling you to be is to be a reflection of jesus
1: yeah why do you think that that's so tough for us Willie? because i think um, for our listeners and even for you and i at times um this idea of calling is so important and we really make this idea of calling um it feels like the most important thing is you know who we marry or where we work or if we move and these big life decisions right i'm thinking about when a few years ago you and your wife ashley decided that God was calling you to be at Metro, right And mm-hmm. that was obviously important, but um, why do you think it is that we forget that our first and primary and most important calling is to be a reflection of Christ versus putting all the other things on the top?
0: Oh, I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of factors. Um, one of the big things is just the culture that we're in and, and the uh, the stories that we're told are su- that this is what success is defined as. And so we see success as like the career, the car, the house, the spouse, all of that stuff. But that's what culture sees as success or, or what the world sees as success. Uh, and it's easy. It's so easy to get caught up in that when we're spending 24 seven in that culture, but to remind yourself that what God sees as success is humility, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, and that's mm. not connected to what you do for a living, what school you went to, what kind of car you drive. It's connected yeah. to your heart and, and your soul and your posture uh, in the world as you are asking God to help you through
1: all of that. Yeah. You know, I think it's spot on, man. I think it's totally true. That, and that phrase in Ephesians 4, one about um, Paul urges us to live a life worthy of the calling we've received. Um, I, I used to read that as, Oh, I'm called into ministry. So I have to live a life worthy of ministry when it's like, wait, this doesn't apply just to people who are in the church. Like this applies to people who work at a school or work at a bank or mm-hmm. work uh, at a construction site or work for the city in an office or like, you're not called just to your workplace. You're called to be a son or a daughter of Christ. And another way that we can put it as we did this weekend was uh, you're called to be a reflection of Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's so good. I was in a a connect group with some of the alive leaders and we were talking about this kind of thing. And um, one of the things that came up was to, to some people, how you love and how you relate to others is the only image of Jesus that they're ever going to get. And so Mm. like, that's a lot of pressure to think if I'm just (laughs) like walking through the grocery store and like, I'm having a bad day and I like snap at someone on accident or I give a stink eye, like, if someone knows if I'm wearing like my alive t-shirt and it says like youth ministry on the back, or I'm wearing like a Metro shirt, they're going to be like, Oh, look at that guy. Like he says, he's a <laughs> Christian, but look at that stink eye. Uh, but
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, is that why you don't have a Metro sticker on the back of your car yet?
0: Yeah, actually this is a pro tip that um someone gave me is don't put church stickers on the back of your car. Cause then if you accidentally cut someone off, they don't know.
1: Yeah, accidentally. I got we're on to you, Willie.
0: Accidentally.
1: Yeah. We're on to you and your Subaru.
0: But uh <laughs> I do have an alive sticker on the back of my car. Uh but oh where was I? Oh uh so our our the way that we love the people that we come into contact with is a direct uh uh line Reflection. of how that person views Jesus. Yeah, And so it, it makes me think of, I heard the, the prayer of St. Patrick. And it was basically like, when people see me, would they see Jesus? When they think of me, mm-hmm. would they think of Jesus? When they talk about me, would they talk about Jesus? Uh, and that was really a, a central part of the message this this past weekend was, you're made to reflect Jesus. You brought out that disco ball.
1: Mm-hmm. Disco uh, ball. Should have had it for this, darn.
0: Uh. What are you going to do with that disco ball, by the way?
1: Oh, I hung it off my, uh, my rear rearview mirror in my car. It was awesome. Every time the sun came in, it was a party in my car. Until I went over a speed bump and it flew off and it hit me in the face, so I took it down. <laughs> well, I literally caught it.
0: Safety first. Uh, brings up a good question, though. How do we, uh, me, you, the listeners, uh, how do we increase our our shininess, if you will? Like, How do we polish up? that reflective service surface so that we better, brighter, more accurately reflect Jesus?
1: Um, I think kind of like how you were mentioning it just now and like the prayer of St. Patrick and that idea of, you know, how you live and how you act is going to show people who Jesus is. Um, at the end of the message, I, I uh, quoted this pastor, Pastor Andy Stanley. He gave a great message and series about this. Uh, this political season. And he said, you know, your candidate wins or loses based on the different votes they get, amount of votes they get, but our reputation of our God in the eyes of non-believers wins or loses based on how you choose to love people. Mm. So how can you be shinier is I think, first of all, it's remember like who you are, remember who you're supposed to be. And that's why this idea that when we collectively remember together, when we are one, uh, we reflect the sun together. Now's the analogy of the disco ball, because mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. A little mirror can shine light into dark places. But if we can all do that together, then the effect of it is so much more powerful. I think that we can um, really show people like what God uh, brings. And it's almost like the disco ball bringing light to the party. Right. So as far as like, how do you practically do that? Is, first of all, remember who you are, like who you're supposed to be, who God has made you to be. Um, I'm wearing that shirt that we all see around. He is greater than I. And that's kind of the idea is if we remember that, what uh, what's at stake here, it's not me and my reputation or what I want, or it's not me and my comforts or me and being respected. It's, man, I really represent the name of God. Then I think it changes the way that we approach and view situations. So remembering mm. who you are in the midst of all of this. Um, as an example, sometimes my kids just get really needy and start getting on my nerves and like arguing with each other and I just get ticked. And then I start acting like, upset and immature and I have to say, wait, wait, wait! I'm the adult here. Like, hold on. Like if I'm the one acting like upset and snappy and sassy, like what kind of example am I setting for my kid? Like wh- wait, who am I? I'm the dad. Wait, wait, wait. Mm. That's not how I'm supposed to act. I'm supposed mm. to act like the mature adult who is patient, who is even and balanced. That's who I'm supposed to be. That's who I am. I shouldn't be uh, degrading myself to act like how I just naturally want to react which isn't always kind and patient sometimes it's sassy and snappy with my three-year-old you know so in the same way it's like when you go to your office it's okay who are you supposed to be whether you're mm. has less to do with your status boss employee whatever it's you are supposed. you are first and foremost your first calling your first title the first thing on your business card is not accountant it's not even father or, or a wife or whatever it is your first title on your business card is, I am a son or a daughter of God of the most high. And I reflect him because I am made in his image. Mm. So I think when um, we're looking for practical wisdom on how do we actually do this, wherever we are, it's remind yourself who you are. So whether it's uh, things that you need to say to yourself, whether it's scripture that you should memorize um, it's different things like that, that'll help us along the way to be such a reflection.
0: It reminds me of, uh, this whole, this whole question about being shiny and remembering who you are, uh, it makes me think of your Halloween costume last year when you were all uh, thank you Moana, uh, but just this last, uh, last few minutes, I've just been having that, uh, that line from the grandma of just
1: remember who you are.
0: Uh, I don't know I if that's, you're too- going to
1: call me a, a giant coconut crab. Cause I'd rather be shiny.
0: Ah, would you rather be shiny? Would you rather be the giant crab or the grandma?
1: But I'll tell you my answer in song form.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's super good. It's, it's, it's important to remember, um, the, the calling first and foremost, um, and the belonging that you have, um, that as a child of God, as, as a son or daughter, um, that you are in this family. And so in this family, there's like certain ways that are okay to act and certain ways that aren't okay to act. For example, growing up, uh, my dad would always say, you're a Paul and Pauls eat their pizza crusts. And so I'd say, yes, dad. And I'd eat my pizza crusts. (laughs) That's a true story. That's that's just how like, that's how the Pauls are supposed to act. And so as like, Someone yeah. who's in the family of God, it's like, no, you're in the family of God. And so you're supposed yeah. to be loving and patient and gentle and kind above everything else.
1: Yeah, I love it. So right now I'm telling my one-year-old son, you're an Ahu. And Ahus don't throw their pizza crust across the table. <laughs> that's <what he's> doing. <laughs> Absolutely true, though. When we remember who we are. Um, You know, it's funny, Willie, is you mentioned that about your family and some of the strongest advice I got from a father I was um, just talking to about raising his kids who are now Mm. young adults was that aspect of this is who we are. So here's what we do. Mm. And it was, that's about pizza crust, but it was a lot more about like, um, this is how we act. Here's how we live. And it's like, that's really strong. You know, when you can remind a child who they are and not just because of their family name, but because of the name that they bear, that is Jesus. And in the same way, I think as sons and daughters of God, when we are reminded who we are, whether it's through our daily devotions, we encourage people, if you're not reading your Bible, you're missing out on your father speaking to you every day, um, whether it's um, things that we share on our messages or even in worship, just being reminded who we are. I think it's so important to start the day off like that um, versus with email or headlines or anything else that we can we can pick up.
0: Yeah. And it's important to 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 know that it like to be who you are kind of per, to permeate throughout your entire life. And so there's often like times where, OK, when I'm out and about or when I'm at church, then I can act like a Christian. But when I'm at home, that's that's me time. But like that me time is supposed to be in the context of you being uh, a child of God. And so you like, really are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what you're watching, what you're posting, what you're saying, uh, what you do, like that's all supposed to be in the context of being a child of God.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. This
0: is really good stuff.
1: I'm really glad you record. You hit record, right?
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Just it, it was supposed to go a little bit of a different way, but I'm really glad that it went this way. This is really good. <laughs> uh, I agree, man. So... As we kind of uh, wrap up, last question. Um, we kind of already talked about it, but how do you, the, the three values that you gave kind of at the end of the message was uh, yeah. humility, gentleness, and patience. Um, and how that's super key to our lives as followers of Jesus. How do What are some practical ways that we can increase these three values in our lives?
1: Uh, I think um, Colossians 3, 12 through 15 kind of carries this. Mm. These ideas, because humility, gentleness, and patience are, are actually wrapped up in that part, too. I mean, no coincidence. Paul wrote both Ephesians and Colossians. So mm-hmm. um, in Colossians 3, uh, 12 through 15, he says, therefore, uh, put on a heart as God's holy uh, people chosen and dearly loved, uh, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience and I love this metaphor he uses. First of all, remembering who you are, right? You're God's holy people. You're dearly loved. So I think when we operate out of a position of already being loved, we, we act different. Mm. I think so much of the way that we act, even myself, when I look at my own life, um, in times when I feel insecure, unloved, invalidated, I act very differently. I relate mm. to others and the world and situations very differently when I remember that I am already fully chosen, like fully loved, right? Um, You just live different. There's different confidence about you. And because of that, uh, when you have to put on humility, when you have to put on gentleness or patience, you can do so because you're not flailing for acceptance or um, trying to prove your point. So I think practically speaking, how do you put on humility and how do you become more gentle or patient? I think it's reminding ourselves like, because of what Jesus did, because of the love that he's shown me, um, because of his humility, I can give, I can be humble. I Mm. can be gentle. I can choose patience. And also, this sounds less practical, but it's incredibly practical. It's pausing and asking the Holy Spirit to help you with this. Mm. Um, I know like when my perspective gets very clouded and really negative, um, I can choose to stay stuck there. And Or I could willingly say, Lord, I really need your help. Holy Spirit, would you help me to see what I'm not seeing? Help me to be uh, patient because I can't do it on my own. And I think that admittance of weakness is where um, God's Holy Spirit moves in. So yeah. I think those things are important uh, outside of take a deep breath. All, all good things. Count to 10, right? Being patient. All good things. Remember, you're not better than anyone. So all true. But I think... Um, Spiritually speaking, when we ask the Holy Spirit to help us with what we can't do, um, there's a supernatural thing that happens there
0: mm-hmm. It's that idea of God's power being made perfect in our weakness that's it's when we're we're brought to the end of ourselves that we we reach the beginning of the Holy Spirit. and yeah. so when when we get to the point where we're like, all right i have I've had it, my patience has run thin, then it's when we t- take a deep breath and we say, "My patience has run out, but God would you grant me your patience?" Like my humility has run out. God, would you grant me your humility? Uh, that's super good, man. Totally wow. true, man. Yeah. Totally true. Uh, oh, sorry. Were you going
1: to? I was going to transition us and say, well, I think our show has run out.
0: <laughs> Just about. Uh, hey, we want to challenge you. We, we, we never want to leave uh, the Hanaho podcast without giving you a challenge or some sort of uh, practice for the week. Uh, And this week is, it's a good one. Um, So we want to challenge you to bless someone that you don't agree with. Uh, Yeah. Like to, to find someone who, whether it's on a big thing or a small thing that you don't agree with them, find a way that you can humble yourself and bless them. Not because you want to like stick it to them or anything, but just out of pure love and kindness and humility, because that's who God has called us to be. Ooh, and like so that. it's the real, like the real practical, like this is all, this is all uh, studying. And now you go out and you actually do it. So nice. A few things going on at our church. Uh, we still have the blessed the bless campaign going on. Um, so you can bring things to our in-person ser- services, or there's going to be a drive through drop-off. On the 21st, and we're also having a blood drive on the 25th. For more information on that, you can head over, head over to our website, MetroChristianChurch.com. We're supporting a bunch of great community and uh charity uh charities. Did I just say charity charities? Nonprofits. Nonprofits. Um, so it's really cool—a uh, way for you to act, to really put your um, really put your money where your mouth is. Where. God has blessed you with all of this. And so we're going to turn around and, and bless others.
1: <laughs> I like you hear it. that voice like crack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but <laughs> that's all the time that we've got. Um, head over to our website for more information on anything or for, uh, to register for in-person services. We'll see you this week on Sunday or online for all of our uh, online services. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Shoots. Shoots. Oh, spiritual shaka. Spiritual <laughs> shaka. You can still wiggle the thumbs.